Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. The waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of 150 days, the waters were abated, and the ark rested in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, upon the mounds of Ararat. But that first phrase in verse 1, And God remembered Noah. We're going to talk about the God who remembers. This is such a blessing and benefit to the child of God. Let's pray one more time, shall we please? In the name of Jesus, God, I ask for your help tonight. Lord, you know the need of every individual that is in this house. I ask that the word of the Lord be broken as bread to feed nourish, edify, give direction. God, without you, we can do nothing. So Lord, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated this evening. When you look up the word remember in the dictionary, it says to bring back or present again to the mind or to the memory. What's interesting about remembering something or the memory, sometimes you really try to remember something and you can't for the life of you remember it. And then other times there are things that just flash in your mind from a month ago or a year ago and suddenly it is just there. There is a very serious illness called Alzheimer's where an individual cannot remember. There's a pastor friend of mine was married, is married to his wife who's now in a nursing home. They have three children. They've been married well over 50 years. He goes to visit her. She cannot even re- remember who he is, cannot remember who their children are. And it is so sad and very serious. But I want all of you to know the God that we are worshiping tonight will never have Alzheimer's disease. Amen. He has a perfect, crystal clear memory. Crystal clear memory. One of the signs you're getting older. I don't know if I should say older or elderly. I just turned 77 a few days ago, a few weeks ago. So, you know, one of the signs you're getting older is you cannot remember things, so you make a list of what you need to remember. But then you just can't remember where you put the list. So it's a challenge. But not our God. We have a God who remembers. And God remembers his people. That's why, I mean, every word is in this Bible is, is inspired. With everything that was happening with Noah and the flood, why would it simply say, and God remembered Noah? Because God remembers God remembers his children. Now the story begins in Genesis chapter 6 where God saw that that the earth was filled with violence. It was corrupt. The imagination of man was evil continually. Sounds a little bit like 2021 to me. And uh, God was going to send judgment. The only way of escape was to get into this ark. Noah preached righteousness for 120 years. Only eight people went into the ark. And it rained 40 days and nights till the tallest tree on the tallest mountain was underwater. 
And so Noah was in the ark 150 days for five months. Now, this ark had no, no chart, no compass, no sail, no rudder. It was totally at the mercy of the flood. And there's a couple times where we know there was a short conversation between Noah and God and God and Noah. But I wonder whether if there were times when Noah is in this ark, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. You know, I wondered if he ever thought, does God know where I'm at? Does God know what I'm going through? Am I going to come out of this okay? But the Bible says God remembered Noah. And do you know what? At the end of 150 days, that ark rested. Noah comes out and builds an altar to God. And it lets me know that God remembers his people. And God is no respecter of persons. And God knows your circumstances. God knows your challenges. God knows what you're going through. God knows what you're going to face tomorrow. But I want you to know there's a God who loves you so very, very much that he remembers you. And he's going to be the difference maker in your circumstances. Now in Genesis chapter 19 and verse 29, again, God remembers his people. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 29. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain, this is Sodom and Gomorrah, that God remembered Abraham, Abraham, and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which the in, in, in the which Lot dwelt. Now God again sends judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah, and the reason Lot was saved was not because of something Lot did. Lot was saved because God remembered Noah. Because God remembered Abraham. Excuse me. And Abraham had the audacity to bargain and dicker with God. God, if there's 50 righteous, will you spare the city? There was not 50. There was not 40. There was not 30. There was not 20. There was not 10. So before the judgment came, angels went into the city and literally had to take Lot by the hand to lead him out of the judgment of God. But the reason God was saved because God remembered Abraham. And I wondered, that's why it lets us know it's never a waste of time to pray for your children, for your grandchildren, for your parents, for your grandparents. I wonder how many people are here tonight because you had praying parents or praying grandparents. Hallelujah. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God for people that still pray for their loved ones. Because God remembers that. Now, Genesis chapter 30 in our Bibles and verse 22. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 22. So God remembered Noah, God remembered Abraham. Verse 22, and God remembered Rachel. And God hearkened unto her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. God has done this because in the Old Testament, it was a reproach, a disgrace, a humiliation when a woman was unable to bear children. But God remembered Rachel. This comes very close to me and, and also when my wife was alive because uh, we just have one child 
And she was eight years old when we started traveling. And, and when I first started traveling 47 years ago, we took pictures all the time. But, you know, after you do that four or five years, it just, you know, how many pictures do we need, you know? But every picture of my daughter, she's, there's kids surrounding her. She's holding a baby. She volunteers for nursery duty. When I was Sunday school director of, of, of Wisconsin, during family camp, I put my 11-year-old daughter in charge of all the four- and five-year-olds on the campground. So she loves kids. Now she's married. My wife and I travel to Michigan to have Thanksgiving with my daughter and her husband. And, and, and I could tell my daughter was not herself. She was just, well, she just was not. And it's not till we're leaving that she begins to weep. She says, Mom and Dad, it is biologically impossible for Kevin and I to have children. And I said, oh, I am so sorry. But we're going to pray about this. And right after that, Sister Mack and I went to Argentina. We were the speakers at the Argentine National Convention. And there were about 8,000 people at this convention. And it was the first night of the convention, which went, which went Wednesday through Sunday. So they had an Argentine pastor up giving a testimony, and he kept pointing at me. And I asked the missionary, what is he saying? And the man was saying, my wife and I could not have children. But eight years ago, Brother Mackey came to Argentina, and he prayed for us, and now we have five and he named the first one Jonathan after me. And then the missionary leaned over and said, now he wants you to pray that they won't have any more. <laughs> and at the last end of that convention, there was over 50 couples that were lined up over on the left-hand side that wanted me to pray for them that they could have children. Now, I'm not gifted in this, I don't, but it's happened every time I prayed. All right, it has. But... But so that was the Wednesday night. So the next day when they were having their business sessions in Spanish, Sister Mac and I went to downtown Buenos Aires, which has beautiful baby clothes. So we're walking down this area, and Sister Mackey sees this baby clothes shop, and she says, I'm going to go buy some baby clothes. I said, Judy, she said, don't hinder me, Brother Mackey. Okay. <laughs> she said, did you hear that testimony last night? She said, yeah. I said, okay. So she goes in and buys an outfit for a little girl and a little boy. I said, Judy, she said, don't hinder me, Brother Mackey. So we come home from Argentina, and we give our daughter a call. How you doing? Well, you know, okay. And they had started the adoption process, which is so costly and expensive and, and you know, takes a long time. And I said, well, we're praying. And I, we told her what happened about that pastor in Argentina. And so, and three months after that, our daughter called in tears and said, Mom and Dad, I'm going to have a baby. And do you know what? Our, our, our granddaughter was born. The doctor said, this is impossible. You cannot have children. 20 mon 21 months later, Mom and Dad, I'm going to have a baby. And our grandson was born. The doctor said, this is not possible. But I want you to know, everybody, there's a God that remembers his people. And there's blessings and benefits because of a God who loves us and knows where we are. I heard of a pastor who pastors a large uh, denominational church in Chicago that runs over 5,000 people. 
Every Mother's Day, he devotes his entire message to women in his church that cannot have children. Because my daughter told me how she felt. I mean, it was hard for her to go to baby showers. It was hard. and She didn't want to hold the newborn baby. She was not, I mean, she was not jealous. She was just angry, you know, with God and upset a little bit. You know, I mean, she's a woman and she couldn't always take her own children. But God remembered Noah. God remembered Abraham. God remembered Rachel. And do you know what? God is no respecter of persons. God will remember you. Let's raise our hands and thank him for that, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you remember. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Now let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. A few pages later in your Bible. Exodus chapter 2. All right. And verse 23. Not only does God remember his people, he remembers his word. Verse 23. And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Now, the story really begins when God told Abram, Everywhere you set the sole of your foot, I'm going to give you this land. And you know what? All that land over there by Israel does belong to Israel. It does. So all this land, and now there's going to be a famine, and, and God gives Joseph this dream, of course. So the children of Israel come to Egypt during the famine, but it was not the will of God that they stay in Egypt. It was God wanted them to go back to the land that God had given Abraham. But they were in Egypt 430 years. Do you know how many generations never even saw the land that God had given Abraham? And so, but while Joseph was in a place of power and authority, the Jews had some respect. But now, you know, the king that knew Joseph died, Joseph died. And now the individuals now in charge took all the Jews and made them slaves. That is why... Because of the reason of their bondage. They cried unto God. Of course, God sent Moses and they, they broke the back of the Egyptian empire and the children of, of Israel were delivered. Do you know why? Because God remembers his covenant. God remembers his word. And God says, this land this belongs to the Jew. And God meant it. He meant it. So God remembers his word. In fact, let's look at Psalm 105, Psalm 105, and verse 8. Have you ever had anyone promise you that they were going to do something for you, and then they just didn't remember? But it says in Psalm 105, and verse 8, talking about the Lord our God in verse 7, he hath remembered his covenant forever. Boy, that's a long time. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Now, depending what psychologists you read, a generation is anywhere from 30 years to 70 years 
even if it's 30 years, God remembers his word, his promises for 30,000 years. 30,000 years. My first trip overseas was in 1977, and we were going to London, England. We went in the month of February. And it was an interesting trip because London had the worst snowstorm that they had in 100 years, and the airport was closed, so we could not leave the United States. And, and, and before I went, I did not raise my own money this time because foreign missions said, Brother Mackey, this is how much money you're going to need because, you know, Britain is not a third world country. They have churches. They'll give you offerings. They'll help you out. They'll buy you meals and so forth. But we got there, and they didn't buy us meals, and they didn't pick us up for church, and we were taking taxis and undergrounds, and we were staying in the Hansel and Gretel guest house where they gave you clean towels every four days. They turned the heat off at night. We were sleeping Sleeping with our clothes on and our coats over us. And I knew after four days, we were not going to have enough money. So we started buying milk and keeping it on the windowsill of Hansel and Gretel Guest House. And we'd have a bowl of cereal in the morning. We'd go out for lunch and split a sandwich, you know, have, a, have, have some soup at night. But after about eight days of that, I told my wife and daughter... I said, listen, we're going to eat good tonight. We're going to go to a Chinese restaurant. You know, it tastes good for the moment, but it doesn't last very long. But it, still, but it's good. So we walked into this Chinese restaurant, the three of us, and we walked in. And we're, we're going to sit down, and, and we see these two people sitting at the table. You know, they look, you looked at them, they looked at us. And I just felt, these people are Pentecostal. You know, but, but we just went and sat down. And then while we're waiting, I told Sister Mackey, I said, I'm going to go talk to those people. I just feel like they're Pentecostal. So I went back and I said, folks, excuse me for interrupting you, but when I walked by, I said, I just felt that you folks were Pentecostal. And they said, yeah, we are. I said, apostolic? He said, Acts 2.38. I said, well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the man says, I'm over here setting up a company for my business. And he said, I was wondering, you know, where the apostolic churches were. So I said, well, listen, I can give you my schedule and my itinerary. So on their way out, he stopped by and I and I'd written, I had my schedule in my pocket. I wrote down the pastor's name, some phone numbers, and what part of London I was going to be in. But then before he left, he said, no, Brother Mackey, he said, I'm staying at the Penta Hotel. The Penta Hotel in London is where the Arab sheiks stay when they go to London, like $500 a night, you know. And, and that was back in 70s, okay. So he said, now, Brother Mackey, he said, we have a nice breakfast buffet. And I'd like to treat you and your wife and daughter to a breakfast some morning. Would you like to do that? And I said, I said, I said that would be a treat. It would. So, uh, so about so on the Friday of that week, we took a taxi over to the Penta Hotel. And I'll tell you, there was a breakfast buffet almost as long as this gym, filled with bacon and eggs and fruit and biscuits and gravy and Danish. And my daughter said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so then he said, well, Brother Mackey, if you want, I can come to your hotel to, for their buffet sometime. 
I said, well, I said, the Hansel, the Hansel and Gretel guest house does not have a buffet. But anyway, but he came out to three services. And that started a 20-year friendship. I mean, I'm preaching in Louisiana. I, I meet him in the South. I'm preaching in Washington and Oregon. And I meet him out there. He's living in the Midwest, all right? And, and I meet him. And so there's a church that he goes to that I would preach there every year. So, so we got to be very close friends. And, 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 he, and every now and again, he would take me out for supper with the pastor's permission. And he took me out one night. He said, Brother Mackey, there's going to be a lawsuit in my company. And he says, I'm going to make a lot of money. A lot, he said. He said, do you, he said, do you have a laptop computer? I said, no, sir. Back then, I didn't, I'm still technologically challenged, but... Uh, I didn't even know how to spell the word computer then, you know. He said, when I get this settlement, I'm going to buy you and Sister Mackey the best laptop on the market. I said, if you choose to do that, I said, that would be a blessing. Two years later, I go back to the church. He calls me. He said, Brother Mackey, I'm going to pick you up for supper. He said, steak's your favorite meal, right? And he knew that. So he picks me up at 5.30. Church is at 7. He said, get the biggest steak on the menu. I said, brother, listen, I, don't, I got to eat at 4 o'clock when I'm preaching. I said, it's already 5.30. So I just had a little something, and he's telling me about all this money. He didn't tell me how much, but they pay cash for a brand new home. All right, and his wife bought a white Lincoln with red leather seats, and he bought a white Lincoln with red, you know, a red Lincoln with white leather seats, you know. And so they each had matching cars. And he's telling me all this stuff, and I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah. He never mentioned the computer once. And I saw him two years after that. Never. So, so I'm thinking, next time a saint says that to me, I'm going to say, would you write that down, please? <laughs> But I want you to know, folks, God wrote it down. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line. He has promised to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He has promised never to leave you or forsake you. He has promised to come again. Hallelujah. He remembers his covenant for one, for 30,000 years. Hallelujah. Because God cannot lie. He cannot lie. He has promised to be a healer. He has promised to be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And sometimes we get on our knees and we pray. And we open up the Bible and we actually begin to pray the word. And we say, now God, you said in your word. You said in your word. But folks, we don't need to, folks, but God doesn't need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. And when we pray the word of God, it folks. Folks, faith just kind of rises up in our heart and our spirit and we get up from our knees encouraged all because of what the word of God speaks to us. Heaven's going to pass away. Earth is going to pass away. And even tongues are going to cease. But the word of the Lord shall never pass away. Let's clap our hands for the word, shall we? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Now let's look at a page earlier in our Bible to Psalm 103 and verse 14. 
Psalm 103 and verse 14. God remembers his people. God remembers his word. And it says in verse 14, for he knoweth our frame, our temperament, our makeup, our personality, and he remembereth, he's constantly remembering that we are dust. Dust. You know, we think we're so big and so important. God took dust of the earth and, and created Adam and breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. And I, I forgot you know, where I read this or heard this, but if you melt all the flesh down and take out the minerals, we're worth about $2.39, you know. But, you know. But folks, we're just dust. That's why the Bible says, if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are not wise. Because if we compare ourselves among ourselves, it's like comparing dust to dust. You ladies clean the house, you take a little bit of under the bed dust, a little bit of refrigerator dust, and a little bit of piano dust. Oh, this is so exciting. I could just do this for hours. This is bedroom dust. This is refrigerator dust. This, is that stupid or what? That is why we look at each other and we think we're so good and you're not so good. No, folks, if we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are not wise. I preached for a man. He finished his new building and right outside the front entrance, he has a big pile of rocks. And with the scripture, he that has no sin cast the first stone. Right? People are constantly reminded of that. That is why the Bible says we need to bear one another's burdens. We need to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another because we're dust. We are frail. We are. We are weak. And I'm so glad that God remembers that. And that is why when you drive down the streets and you see a backslider walking down the sidewalk, don't stick your nose in the air and say, hi, yeah, I'm living for God. I knew he would never make it. No, you need to stop the car, amen, get out and say, brother, we miss you in church. Come on back to church. Let's go to heaven together. Because if I hope I ever mess up, somebody will call me and say, hey, brother Mackey, I'm praying for you. Amen, keep your relationship with God. God remembers that we are dust. We need to do that with each other. In fact, let's look at Psalm 78 in our Bibles. Psalm 78 and verse 36. Psalm 78 and verse 36. Psalm 78 and verse 36. This is his natural people, the Jew. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. That's the flesh, everybody. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquities and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Folks, our life is but a vapor. Life goes so fast we're here and we could be gone tomorrow. We don't even have any guarantee of that. But I wonder how many times God has turned his wrath away from you and from me because of our attitude and our spirit. But God remembers that. God knows our frame and he's constantly remembering that we are dust. We need to do that with each other. All right? You can show someone a big sheet of white paper with one little spot on it. And you ask people, what do you see? They say, I see that little spot. 
They don't say I see all that white. No, because we have tendencies sometimes to see the weaknesses in each other. But folks, all, all of us are sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. And we're growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God remembers his people. God remembers his word. God remembers we are dust. Now let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget. To forget. Your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now, obviously, in every church, some people have a higher profile than others. You know, they get more attention. They're musically, you know, they're talented. They have a voice. They're able to teach. But, but if all you do is come to church and see a gum wrapper, laying on the sidewalk in front of the door, and you pick it up and throw it away because it's God's house. Brother Cordell doesn't see it. Brother Kylie doesn't see it. But God sees it. And you know what? You just do that because you're ministering to God. And so that is why if, if, if individuals think, boy, I'm serving God and no one notices, I don't get any compliments that is why when Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate said, I find no fault in him at all, twice. So therefore, folks, I, I mean, you're not going to, no one is going to re receive their reward on this earth. But you know, you, you're not serving Brother Cordo, you're not serving Brother Kylie. Folks, we're serving Jesus Christ. And he's the one who keeps the records. He's the one who does it. Jesus said, even if a cup of cold water is given in his name, it's going to receive its reward. The woman took the alabaster box and washed the feet of Jesus. He said, everywhere the gospel is preached, this is going to be remembered. Even now, 2,000 years later, they still write songs about it. We still sing about it. We still preach about it. Because God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love that you do to his name. I was down in Ecuador preaching a dedication of a new building. In the United States, I'm sure, paid 99% of this. But they, invite, they encouraged all the Ecuadorians to give six months' wages to the building program. Six months. And they were, the average wage was $30 a month. So that's $180. But there was one little lady. In fact, I was on the platform, and there was... This little Ecuadorian lady, she's kind of jumped out into the aisle. She has a tambourine with ribbons hanging from it. And she's dancing and beating this tambourine, you know. And that missionary says, Brother Mackey, do you see that lady there? She had no job. And she wanted to give six months worth of wages. So she made all these little candies. Wrapped them up in cellophane, stood on street corners, and sold them for a penny apiece. But every time she handed out a, can a candy, she, handed out, she gave them a track and invited them to church, told them about Jesus. She re was responsible for, for over 100 souls coming to church and repenting, being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. She'll never preach a conference. She'll never have an article in the Pentecostal Herald. But I want you to know, one of these days, God's going to point her out to all of us. 
to all the angels. I wonder why the last are going to be first and the first are going to be last. Do you know why? Because God sees what you do to minister unto him and to serve him. Folks, and listen, God knows, sees it, God knows it, and God records it. He remembers his people. He remembers his word. He remembers we are dust. Yep. And he remembers what we do to minister unto him. Now let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Hosea chapter 9 and verse 9. Hosea chapter 9 and verse 9. The fact that God remembers is such a blessing to the child of God. But it's not a blessing to the sinner. It is not. Hosea chapter 9 and verse 9. They have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. Therefore, God will remember their iniquity. He will visit. The word visit means he will punish. He will punish their sins. God judged sin in Noah's day, in Sodom and Gomorrah's day, and God's going to judge sin again. But the, the Bible describes the wicked, they flaunt their wickedness. They say, he that made the eye, can he see? He that made the ear, can he hear? But you know what? The God that made the eye can see. The God that made the ear can hear. We just read the, we just read the Milwaukee Journal, maybe the Chicago Tribune, and we're aware of a few crimes, a little bit of robbery, some rape, but God sees every rape. God sees every murder. God hears every curse word. Do you understand? There is going to be a judgment. John said, I saw the, the dead, small and great, come right up out of the graves and out of the sea, and they stand before God. That's why the Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. Every time you arrange your schedule to come to a church service, you are sowing to the spirit of God. Every time you come to an altar instead of walking out the door, you are sowing to the spirit of God. It's amazing how people can work all day with a headache, but they can't come to church because they have a headache. I don't know, there's just something wrong about that to me, all right? But no, but, but folks, you do not make a mistake by serving God and giving your all to God. The way of the transgressor is hard, but he that made the eye can see. And because the wheels of God's judgment move so slow, but the wheels of his blessing come so quickly because there's no judgment, people think I've gotten away with this. I read an interesting article sometime back where they discovered now, folks, in the beginning, that you can touch a part of the brain and people can remember what happened, little babies, when they were three months. And now they actually believe babies can remember when they do that, what, what, I mean, how it was when they were in the mother's womb. If there was beatings, if there was cursing, if there was drunkenness, folks, and I can see people standing before God and say, no, God, that wasn't me. You got me mixed up with somebody else. I can see God touching that part of the brain. You talk about instant replay. You know, the NFL has instant replay. I remember, I remember when it first came out. It was it Alex Kramer that made that block in the, in the ice ball and, and 
whatever the quarterback was, that famous guy who scored the touchdown, and they kept showing that, showing that, and Alex Kramer said, thank God for instant replay. Thank God for instant replay. So, but folks, but know what? God's going to touch that head of that brain, and you talk about play it again and again and again. God says, do you know who that is? That's why there might, there's individuals in every service that refuse to bend their knee and acknowledge him as Lord, but someday every knee is going to confess, and every tongue is going to confess, and every knee is going to bow, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's why if if you're here and there's sin in your life, it's so you are so wise when you come to this church that you get on your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. I do not want sin. I don't want disobedience. I want obedience because there's a God that remembers his people, a God that remembers his word, a God that remembers we are dust, a God that remembers what we do to serve him, but he's also a God who remembers sin and sin is going to be judged. There's going to be a judgment. But the, but the miracle of God, because with God all things are possible, the God who remembers, who remembers, who remembers, is also a God who does not remember. Wow. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. All right, and verse 25. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 25. Isaiah 43, 25, God's talking to his natural people. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. God says, I'm going to blot them out. Now, I've heard individuals say, God forgets. No, there's no scripture that says it. But God does not remember. That's why, uh, that's why in Egypt, when the Jews are putting blood on the doorposts of their house, because the death angel is going to pass over, even the Egyptians said, what's going on? Why are you doing that? Because there's a death angel coming over, and the firstborn is going to die. Even if the Egyptian put blood on the doorposts of his house, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. There was a huge type of what was going to happen at Calvary, everybody. Listen, Calvary is not a fairy tale or a figment of some man's imagination. They really took Jesus and beat him more than any man was ever beaten. One, one translation of, of Isaiah says, folks, you cannot even distinguish the nose from the cheekbones or the lips from the chin. Folks, as they beat Jesus in the face and hit him in the groin, in the stomach, in the kidneys, in the back, he was beaten more than every man was ever beaten. And blood came from the, his eyes, blood came from his nose, blood came from his mouth, blood came from his ears. Folks, they put stripes on his back, more blood, a crown of thorns, more blood, nails on his hands and feet, more blood, a spear driven into his side, more blood. Do you know why? Because the blood of bulls and goats has no power to take away sin. But what can wash away my sin? What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold gold but with the precious blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins no re folks 
Because of the blood. Because of the blood. Because Jesus died. Jesus died. Now let's look at Micah. The book of Micah. All right. Mike, the book of Micah. Chapter 7 and verse 19. Micah chapter 7 and verse 19. It says this. God says, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. For you that may not be aware of this, 70% of the world is water. If you take all the continents, North America, South America, Antarctica, Australia, Asia, and put all the landmass together, there's still going to be 18 million square miles of ocean left over. The deepest place in the ocean is right off the Isle of Guam. The water there is 36,198 feet deep. The pressure there is seven tons per square inch. That's how deep it is. You can take 27 Empire State Buildings and stack them one on top of each, each other and there would still be 700 feet of water left over. You could take Mount Everest and put it there and there's a mile of water left over. So Lord, I don't know what you did with my sin, but don't put them in the pond over here on the golf course. All right? Where they surface every now and again. Hallelujah! Cast them right into the depths of the sea. And God says, I will not remember your sin anymore. Do you know how many people are messed up? Folks, they need, they, they need to take pills to get to sleep, pills to get, get through the day. They talk to a counselor. They have all this shame, all this remorse, all this guilt that follows them their whole life. But I want you to know, folks, God gives you a new nature, a new heart, and a new life, and a new mind. And folks, and when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, God does not even remember what he has forgiven you of. And you know what? You can be up here singing, testifying, and the devil's going to bring back something that you did, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and right away, because he's the, he's the accuser of the brethren. Folks, he loves to condemn. And so you're still up here singing, but you're saying, oh, and your mind saying, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry I did that, Lord. I'm so sorry for that. I really messed up. And you, and, and you kind of leave the platform. You sit down, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And God says, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't remember that. Do you know how blessed you are because God remembers? And do you know how blessed we are because God does not remember? So I want everyone, I want all of you to remember that God remembers. And I also want you to remember that he does not remember. Let's stand and clap our hands for the blood of Jesus, shall we? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org. At